0: Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com.
1: From KQED.
2: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As we grapple with the coronavirus pandemic, face masks are the coin of the realm. And Governor Gavin Newsom says California has now secured a monthly supply of 200 million masks to help protect healthcare workers. The governor says the masks, most of them N95s, have been sourced from suppliers in Asia through California companies and nonprofits and we might have enough to share with other states. Staying on Governor Newsom, as California responds to the pandemic, he's warning there will be hard budget times ahead as state and local governments burn through enormous amounts of money. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer reports.
0: The state has already drained its traditional emergency reserves since the coronavirus started unleashing its damage in February. There is still about $16 billion left in the state's rainy day fund, but that comes with strings attached. Governor Newsom said even with substantial additional help from the federal government, California is going to be in for some very lean times.
3: And you start to get into 18, 19, 20 percent unemployment. The impact of the general fund, the impact in terms of our capacity to deliver services, uh, is substantially uh, uh, greater than anything we've ever experienced in our lifetime.
0: Newsom said any big-ticket budget items dreamed about in January are likely out the window now, saying the state must focus on the most essential programs in the social safety net. With the property tax deadline looming this Friday, Newsom declined to move the payment date back after local officials warned their counties could end up broke without that revenue.
3: And there was some pushback. This was not an easy conversation. It was many conversations. Uh, but ultimately, they agreed on a case by case basis that they would create those hardship exemptions to extend the payment options.
0: The good news is that state health officials are cautiously optimistic that social distancing has reduced the near term caseload of COVID 19. They now expect the peak to happen in late May. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer.
2: At a privately operated immigrant detention center in San Diego, six detainees and five employees have tested positive for COVID-19. That's up from no confirmed cases there just last week. Immigrant rights activists are blasting Core Civic, the company that runs the facility for not doing enough to protect the detainees. Attorney Dorian Edgar Sato is with the National Immigrant Justice Center and blames Core Civic for not screening its employees. She spoke to partner station KP. PBS.
1: As advocates and as people in detention had predicted, the virus was brought into detention, likely by somebody who was going in and out of the facility, um, and it is now spreading like wildfire.
2: The San Diego chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union has filed a lawsuit against the federal government. It wants detainees who are especially vulnerable to the coronavirus released from detention. Let's turn now to tracking the coronavirus. If you live in Los Angeles County, which has become the center of the virus pandemic in California and think you might have COVID-19, you can now get tested. That's a big change because testing was largely reserved for at-risk populations like the elderly and those with compromised immune systems. KCRW's Catherine Barnes walks us through the new testing process in LA.
1: Getting swabbed for coronavirus starts with an online questionnaire. It asks if you're currently under a mandatory quarantine due to COVID-19 exposure, if you're experiencing symptoms, and whether you're over the age of 65 or suffering from a serious medical condition. Those who respond yes to those questions are prioritized for a test. Once you submit the form, you'll be contacted and directed to one of more than a dozen testing centers across the county. More are coming soon. The tests are self-administered, meaning you'll swab your own mouth and throat when you arrive. The process takes about 10 minutes, but the wait time for results may vary anywhere from a day to several days. For the California Report, I'm Katherine Barnes.
2: And also in Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti has announced that starting Friday, all residents will need to wear a mask or face covering when visiting essential merchants like supermarkets and pharmacies. Employees of those places will also need to wear face coverings. And in non-coronavirus news, and yes, there are still other things happening, California officials are granting fracking permits again. The state had put a hold on applications for the controversial oil extraction technique last July because of growing safety and environmental concerns. State regulators have issued permits for ERA Energy to use hydraulic fracturing on two dozen wells in Kern County. ERA is a joint venture of Shell and ExxonMobil. A company spokeswoman says allowing fracking again comes at a critical time for the energy industry, as it feels price shocks due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Several environmental groups slam the state's decision. They say it just adds to long-term health concerns in Kern County and across the state. And finally, by now, you've probably heard of Zoom bombing, where trolls hijack an online video conference and post really awful things. It's called Zoom bombing because Zoom has quickly become the most popular software for group meetings in recent weeks. Well, KQED's Rachel Myro wants to add another word to the coronavirus pandemic lexicon, Zoom bouncer.
4: Meet Lisa P. We're not sharing her last name or location because she's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I've been um, clean and sober for seven years. Privacy is paramount in AA. Also, we have no desire to help harassers figure out which meeting to target next. Trying to make sure that nothing funny is going on in the background. Many local AA chapters pivoted online when shelter-in-place orders took hold a few weeks ago. Lisa P. co-hosts two Zoom meetings, publicly listed, of course, which is how Zoom bombers got access. Lisa P., you know, parentheses, security. (laughs) And already she's had to tackle a group of male Zoom bombers spewing obscenities in a women-only meeting. So I think it was rehearsed. So I'm watching the photo gallery like a hawk and saying, okay, where is the sound coming from? One by one, deleting them. Then I went in and I locked the meeting down. That's a Zoom feature that blocks new entrants from joining the meeting, even if they have the ID and password. And there's a waiting room where would-be participants linger until the host lets them in or not. But Lisa worries the newcomers in her women's group could be put off. Just the fact of knowing that someone can do such a thing scares some women to begin with. She's not intimidated, though. Lisa P. will be monitoring the digital doors in weeks to come, a Zoom bouncer on a mission to keep her AA groups open to the public. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro.
2: In Los Angeles, thousands of garment workers have long labored in the shadows, cutting and sewing clothes for poor pay and in terrible working conditions. But now, in response to the coronavirus pandemic and with the encouragement of the city, many clothing manufacturers are switching from fashion to surgical masks and hospital gowns. But have conditions improved from the garment workers as they join the fight against coronavirus? Well, not for many, says Marisa Nuncio of the Garment Workers Center, an advocacy group.
1: Some workers are reporting to us, I worked 10 hours today producing masks and I only am going to earn $50, so well under the local minimum wage and no protections, no safety protections. And that's a really big concern for our members and for us as an organization that, you know, (laughs) if workers are being called to do this critically important labor, they have to be protected themselves. And their wage and other labor rights have to be respected and upheld.
2: So you're saying some garment workers who were exploited pre-pandemic when they were making clothing are being exploited now as they're making personal protective equipment.
1: That's right. I mean, this is this is a sweatshop industry. It, it has been always. And, you know, workers were earning an average of about $6 an hour in very unsanitary, dangerous condition. So
2: what kind of protections do you want to see put in place for workers?
1: First and foremost, we want workers to be put their health to be protected. So we, you know, we recommend that manufacturers are following CDC guidelines and that they're really implementing social distancing by spacing machines. Uh, We're really pushing for hand washing stations. And training on how to keep workers healthy and safe. And that training must be paid. You know, more broadly, we're advocating that employers are ensuring the local minimum wage, and we're asking for employers to cover um, testing and treatment.
2: Nobody, of course, wants to see a pandemic. But do you think this crisis could create an opportunity for garment workers to get things they've long fought for? Because the workers are so indispensable now, as they make PPE.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, as you said, no one wants this this crisis. It's, It's really tragic. If there is somewhat of a silver lining, I think there's things we're seeing that are happening. I think communities are coming together in really creative ways to support each other. But we cannot let those protections disappear after the pandemic is controlled. Absolutely not, because these are basic labor rights that just are about protecting folks and respecting their dignity as a worker.
2: All right. That is Marisa Nuncio of the LA-based Garment Workers Center. Marisa, thanks so much.
1: Thank you
2: for having me. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, April 8th, a production of KQED Public Radio. We're going to leave you with the music of John Prine, who died yesterday because of health complications related to COVID-19. He was 73 and a giant. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Be well, everyone.
0: Father, forgive us for
3: what we must do. You forgive us, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue. Then we'll whistle.
0: Support for the California report comes from California Earthquake Authority, offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. Earthquakeauthority.com. Personal Capital, offering customized socially responsible investing options to align with personal values, addressing environmental, social, and corporate governance. PersonalCapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems.
4: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
3: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years, or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? the snap judgment podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes snap judgment listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone hidden in the woods not speaking to a single soul